Hey, welcome to the Resilient Strength Podcast. I am your host, Naomi, head coach and owner of East Coast Strength out in Pawkatuck, Connecticut. And this is episode 21. So today I wanted to talk about nutrition, you know, food that fuels the movement that you really want to do. So I want to talk about why food and why movement matter, specifically why it's important that we want to consider food as fuel that is going to provide, you know, the energy and nutrients needed to do whatever it is that you want to do. So recently I was talking to a classmate about fad diets and he made the point that people get really caught up in these fad diets because they think that they're going to be what is going to fix whatever problem it is, whether it is body composition, performance, what have you. So it's especially, you know, big in social media and advertisements, you know, that are going to boast about the weight loss success by these people who have followed the diet. And my classmate further pointed out that the common factor that, you know, occurs between all these fad diets is that they create a calorie deficit. And, you know, that is where most of that success for weight loss, for example, is going to come from. You know, that's the first step in losing weight is you have to eat less, right? So obviously there's going to be a calorie deficit. And when you create a calorie deficit, then just about most things are going to work. The thing is that calorie a calorie rather is not just a calorie you know not all macronutrients are created equal in previous episode episode eight i talked about the fad diet the ketogenic diet and whether you may or may not want to follow the keto diet is discussed in that episode so i had mentioned that i know of a lot of people who want to create you know a great physique but they also want to have peak performance Unfortunately, if you focus on your physique by following a diet that limits a certain necessary macronutrient for your performance, then obviously your performance is going to suffer, right? So some may ask then why it is that we can't simply eat what we want to eat and do what we want to do. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way. I wish it did. You know, if it worked that way, then I'd be eating pints of ice cream and still, you know, perform where I want to perform. So if your goal is to get stronger, then you need to eat according to what your goal is, which is fueling your performance, right? Because that is where your energy is going to come from. In episode three, I talked about energy systems and why energy systems matter. In that episode, I mentioned that energy is developed through what is called ATP. And there are three basic energy systems, depending upon the food that you are going to eat to fuel the energy and their corresponding levels of exercise intensity. So we have the phosphagen system, which is extremely high intensity, and it's fueled by creatine phosphate that's in the muscle. We have glycolysis, which is high to very high intensity, and that's fueled by carbohydrates or other resources like protein if carbohydrates are not available. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Then there's oxidative, and that's in moderate to low intensity, which is fueled by carbohydrates and mostly fats. So how the kind of food that we put into our body is important, not only for everyday function, but it's also really important to fuel the kind of work that we want to do. Now, energy is the ability to do work, but there are a couple different kinds of energy, and I'm going to get a little bit sciencey, so bear with me but it's all going to come together in the end. So kinetic energy is an object's motion. For example, the bar path while you're performing a squat is kinetic energy. Potential energy 
is the likelihood of an object to produce energy by its motion, you know, depending upon the size, the material, the position of the object. So the bar's potential energy in a squat may change based on how much weight you have on the bar, how your form may change as a factor of how much weight you have on the bar. You know, we've all seen as we add more weight to a bar, our technique goes a little off, right? It can also depend upon how well you slept, if you're stiff, if you're sore, all those kinds of things. So the first law of thermodynamics state energy cannot be created or destroyed. It must be converted from one form to another. We talked about kinetic energy is the object's motion, right? So kinetic energy by the body in movement is created by potential energy, which is food. That is going to fuel the production of a molecule, which is ATP. Now, ATP then interacts with contractile proteins in the body to form that kinetic energy to contract the muscles, which will then produce the movement. So then thermal energy comes from the molecules and the electrons that move about. They create resistance. They generate heat. That in turn forms kinetic energy from the potential energy of the food sources, which will then allow the kinetic energy of muscle contraction to occur. So this is the third law of thermodynamics, which states that in order for there to be equilibrium and order, there must be energy that results from the production of disorder. So biologically, we create order from disorder in the foods we consume. You know, the nutrient timing, physical activity, sleep, other aspects of our everyday life. So we need food for energy to physically repair illness or damage to the structure of our body and to think clearly. So if we think about, say, we, we have these molecules of potential energy that are within a jar. But if those molecules are moving about in an orderly fashion, they're just kind of circling around, each molecule is following the other molecule in an orderly way, like a line, then that's not going to create that resistance or generate that heat to form kinetic energy. Instead, those molecules have to be bumping and crashing into each other to then create that resistance, generate that heat, which will then produce that kinetic energy so movement can occur. And the same thing happens within our body, is that we want to fuel our body with these kinds of specific molecules that come from the potential energy of food in order to optimally create the energy that we want to do for the type of movement we want. So that goes back to our initial question of why we cannot simply eat what we want to eat. That way we can just do what we want to do because that's disorder, right? But no, that's actually chaos. So we need disorder, but we don't want chaos. Every macronutrient and micronutrient have these different potential energies to create disorder in the system with different interactions with the body because we have hormones, we have the nervous system, body temperature, neurological activity, which are all affected by food. So nutrient-dense foods will create disorder, but they're not going to create chaos in the body. On the other hand, if we only eat what we want to eat, which very often means junk food, then we're just going to create chaos. So ATP is formed from food. However, not all foods can produce the same amount of energy equally. So they're not going to have that same kind of potential energy. The type of food and the type of movement 
are going to determine how ATP is formed and how kinetic energy occurs. Because certain foods have different effects on the body and they're going to stimulate different you know, body temperatures, hormones like testosterone, estrogen, epinephrine, those kinds of things, as well as our nervous system that's going to tell us that we're going to get ready for something really intense, like we're going to run away from a bear or we're going to do a workout or we're going to get ready to wind down, relax, go to sleep, take a nap, watch a movie. So the kind of movement will also determine the food that's going to be used in that way. So if we're going to get ready for something really, really intense, like running away from a bear, then our body is going to kick into gear by using the kinds of foods that are needed for that kind of running away. In this case, you know, the body would then kick into high gear by utilizing glycogen, carbohydrates, to fuel that high intense energy. So ATP is going to be formed, you know, say from a carbohydrate, but it's not going to have the same potential energy from dietary fats. And that's where, you know, if you're getting ready to run away from a bear, your body's going to kick into high gear with carbohydrates. It's not going to kick into high gear with, with fats because, you know, fats are not going to be quite the energy system that's going to be needed to sprint at high speeds to get away from a bear. So if you're performing at higher intensities, you know, say where glycogen, which comes from the carbohydrates, are going to be produced, they are essential to producing that energy for muscular contraction, you know, strength, power, and velocity, those kinds of performance aspects. But if you eat a low carbohydrate diet, then you're going to experience significant amount of crashing, loss in energy, power, strength, etc. So if you're not eating a whole lot of carbs because you're on this low carb diet, then unfortunately you're going to see that a little bit later down the road after being in that diet for some time, it's going to be harder for you to contract those muscles. It's going to be harder for you to be able to perform at a high intensity. So if you're looking to be able to perform at a higher intensity, you know, produce a lot of strength, power, force, move really quickly, then carbohydrates are going to be needed for that kind of performance. Likewise, if you're going to want to build muscle, and we're not just talking about, you know, say a bodybuilder who's looking to, to get, you know, a little bit bigger or whatever, but we're also learning, wanting rather to build lean muscle and muscle strength, you know, but if you eat a low carb diet, then you're going to be breaking muscle down rather than repairing it because carbohydrates actually help with protein. In episode eight, I mentioned a study examining the thermic effect of each macronutrient and their satiating effect. So the authors compared three diets, high protein, high carbohydrate, and high fat. The high protein diet had the most thermogenic effect. So protein does not create ATP energy. Out of those three, out of carbohydrate, fat, and protein, protein does not create ATP energy unless there is an insufficient amount of glycogen. And earlier when I first started discussing ATP energy, I mentioned about glycogen and it's used by carbohydrate sources unless carbohydrates are extremely low in, as in the case of being on a low carbohydrate diet, then your body needs to be able to produce glycogen from another source. In that case, it's going to produce glycogen from protein. And in some cases, it's going to produce glycogen from your muscle. That means that is going to break down muscle in order to produce energy. So both protein 
and carbohydrates contribute to muscle building performance and maintenance of that lean mass. So carbohydrates are going to contribute to the stimulation of protein synthesis, which is going to limit protein breakdown. Because if your body needs to be able to produce glycogen, but you don't have any glycogen in your body, then it's got to come from another source and it has no other choice but to break down that protein. It also, carbohydrate rather, is going to help to shuttle that protein to your muscle to help repair and build muscle. Fats, now, not to leave those guys out, are equally important to fuel oxidative energy. So even if you're a strength athlete who performs on as little cardio as you can because, you know, we don't like to do cardio if we're just a strength athlete, you still need fats to fuel oxidative energy because oxidative energy occurs at all other times in your life. If you're sitting, you're reading a book, you're watching TV, watching a movie, you are using oxidative energy. Also, healthy fats are really essential to your cognitive health like memory focus and decreasing the risk of neurological issues like dementia and Alzheimer's. So high amounts of unsaturated fats, especially those that are combined with sugars, may actually interfere with memory focus and neurological issues. They can change your mood, they can increase depression, lethargy, they can increase anger and hostility even. So they have also been linked with a decreased motivation for physical activity as a result of those changes in your cognitive behavior. So this is why I personally am not a fan of the if it fits your macros diet, mainly due to the you know health consequences that certain foods can have upon your body and your mind. I mean, sure, if you're exercising, watching what you eat, you could manage to fit a candy bar into your macros easily. But, you know, think about the quality of the food and how that food is going to affect you in your body. I mean, this is not really to say that I'm completely against all processed foods because those who know me know that I love ice cream, pizza, chocolate. You know, I love all those kinds of foods that I honestly should stay away from. But I give in and I splurge every now and then. But the point is that the majority of the time, I want to fuel my body and my mind with substantial food that's going to create that order, not the chaos. Because I want to create order within my body to get those molecules moving around, creating resistance, fueling my body, creating that fire within it to contract my muscles for the performance that I need for it. You know, I want to stimulate the kind of movement that I want to do. So as much as we want to say that the kind of food that we eat really doesn't matter as long as we eat healthy whole foods or as long as we fit that within our calorie and our macros. The fact is that we want to fuel our bodies appropriately for energy and everyday function. So if we're looking to perform in certain ways or we want to obtain, you know, say a certain type of physique, then we really need to put that kind of special attention to the kind of foods that we eat when we eat them, and how we fuel our body. You know, a calorie is not a calorie, and all macros are not created equal. Rather, we want to create disorder from order within the foods that we eat and the movement that we do. We don't want to create chaos. So I hope this kind of, you know, gives you a little bit of background as to why you want to be able to eat certain foods, not just really focus upon you know, eating a certain number of calories. I mean, you could eat all Twinkies 
and still fit that into your calorie deficit for the day. But is that really going to be optimal for you know what you're looking to achieve, whether it's physique, health, or performance? Not really. So if you have any questions, comments, snide remarks, or you're looking for a little bit of guidance about your nutrition or about your performance in your program, please reach out. You know, I love to talk about this stuff and uh, I would love to be able to help you out. That's all we have for today. In the meantime, I'll catch you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye.